Hello, and welcome back to the Life in the Desert podcast. This is Kelly, and I'm here to share with you an awesome episode that features an interview with Aaron Chamberlain of Taco Cello. Aaron Chamberlain has been creating delicious meals for years. He's worked in several kitchens in fabulous cities. While Aaron is still cooking, his focus has changed. He is now Chef Dad and is motivated to cook healthy meals for his family, while also on a mission to educate and inspire parents to be better equipped to run healthier households. Thrilled to have on Aaron Chamberlain, Chef Dad from Phoenix, Arizona. He has all kinds of great information and tips for us about cooking and the importance of just getting healthy cooking started at home. Um, So Aaron, welcome to the Life in the Desert podcast. Thank you so much. Excited to be here. So Aaron, I know that you have all kinds of experience. Can you just give us a little background about what led you to where you are now? Yeah, it's kind of a a cross between two things. I mean, chef and dad are the two, the two things of what I am right now. Um, my chef experience, I've been in the restaurant business for 35 years now. Um, I started, it was the first job I ever had. My great grandfather was a chef. So my family's been in the restaurant business since in the 1930s. And so it was always in my house. My mom was a good cook. So when in our family, when it came time to go get a job, it was basically go get a job in the restaurant. So I started working in a restaurant really young. I worked my way up. Uh, I traveled all over the country. I lived in New York City and San Francisco working in all kinds of restaurants. And um, and then I moved to Phoenix and uh, I opened a couple of restaurants. I, at one point I had five restaurants. And... Um, and, and, and then I had kids and um, something really profound happened to me is, is that um, when my first son came, Arturo, um, which he's seven now, so about eight, nine years ago when I knew that I was going to have a child, um, I realized that um, when I was a kid, my mother showed love through food and um, we had access to food um, in all kinds of levels and had really no parameters on what we ate. And because of that, um, you know, when I, by the time I was about eight, nine, 10 years old, I started gaining weight. And by the time I was in junior high, I was, I was, I was pretty chubby and had accumulated a, a lot of weight. And when I look back in my life, my whole life, I've struggled with um, food and it actually led to addiction. It led to all kinds of addictions. Um, and, um, and so um, with all of that, and when I look back at my, my, my past and like, you know, all the things that the different, you know, the girlfriend who left me because her friends thought I was chubby, um, all the different emotional baggage that came with my diet and my eating habits from a kid, it really pushed me to learn more and to uh, uh, do better for my kids. So right now, that is my mission is to do better for my three sons. And that's really where Chef Dad came about and what I would love to do. And what I realized as I started doing it, and other people started seeing me doing it. People started taking notice and started asking me questions and, um, you know, constantly in, interested in how I'm feeding my family, how I'm running my household. And so that's really what I would love to do is, is do what I can to help help families out and create healthier households. That is wonderful. Thank you so much for sharing all that with us, because I think you know, a lot of people, you know, have struggled with food in one form or another, you know, and I think 
a lot of people have kids. A lot of people want to do the best they can. A lot of people are busy, you know, or they're grabbing fast food on a, you know, after sports or doing something like that. But you really seem to make it work. And I'm really impressed with that. (laughs) Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Um, yeah, it's hard. I mean, even, even for me with all the skills I have, with all the experience I have, um, you know, it can be really challenging at times. And so I get it. I mean, there's times even where I take my eye off the ball and, uh, you know, I go to, um, you know, a place and they want to give my kid a sucker and, and I let it go. And then, then we go to lunch and they love the horchata. And then I wake, I, I, I realize, oh my gosh, like how much sugar have they had today? And, and I, you know, so it, it, it can be really challenging. And so, um, you know, it, it really is something that you have to put a lot of energy in and a lot of focus. And, and I think that parents need to create some sort of system. So at least when they're in the control, um, obviously without your kids knowing that you are, are like, I'm at, I, I, the way I look at it is I'm at war with my kids and their food. They have no clue, but I'm at war with what they're, what they're putting in their bodies. And, um, and that's the way I view it. So when I have control over it, I make sure that they get the right foods, they get the right nutrients. They, they get that because when they go see grandma, I know she's going to give them a bunch of stuff that I don't really love. And so, Mm -hmm. and I, I, and I don't want to take that away from them either. So, so that's kind of how I do it and how I look at it. I think that's great. You know, they have that balance. So it's like they know, um, I feel like then they learn their limits, right? You know, and so when they go off on their own one day, they're going to be great. (laughs) Yeah, the thing thing for me is right now is what I think is very important is is that, um, I mean, there's a lot that's important, but one of the things I think is important is is that um, they're learning the skills that um, to nurse themselves and understanding that. So when they leave my household, they're going to have a very clear picture of how to nurse themselves. And I think that's one of the biggest things that parents can give their children because most kids I see today, they have no clue. They're lost. And, and, and so that's really what I want to do, at least for my kids and hopefully for other people here in the future. I think that's wonderful because I know the videos that you share on Instagram, it's really inspiring. Thank you. You're, I mean, if you can tell us a little bit more about like the ages of your other kids too, and about like what, how early you get them involved in the kitchen. Yeah. Yeah. So, so, um, um, so I have, my oldest son is seven years old and then I have a five-year-old and a two-year-old and, um, you know, Basically, I when when I was doing through this research of, um, you know, wanting to learn to feed my kids, even though I had been a chef for many, many years and I fed people and I understand the eating habits and I understand what people like, there was still a lot that I didn't know about children. And, and, and luckily, my wife's really into it. So she was a huge help with me as well. But, you know, I read maybe 20 books um, before my son was born. And what I learned is, is that when you have a newborn from the age around, I think it's around five months to, I think um, a year, there's a thing called the flavor window and the flavor window is where they develop their palate. And so at that point I started feeding my um, um, kids, like for example, um, pureed arugula. So very bitter food. I would give them the full spectrum. You know, when they got old enough to eat proteins, I would be serving them anchovies and I would be serving them, um, you know, sardines 
And I think that that was one thing that really helped them to develop their palate. So then when those foods came later on, it wasn't such a big shock. You know, if you think about it, most people and most kids, they start their kids in like, let's say fruit purees, you know, peach puree, let's say a jarred, you know, it's always sweet based. So if your kid's eating sweet right away, then the sweetness is what they want. And so feeding my kids that right away and always, you know, at our house and still to this day, we just make food. I don't like, I just make food and they just eat food. They just look at it and say, Oh, this is what we're eating. And so a lot of that is psychological. A lot of that is like, if you ever cave on making separate meals, um, you know, things like that, that which I, I never do. And if they don't want to eat it, then they don't have to. Like I always tell people, my job as a parent is to make my kids a tasty, healthy plate of food. And it's their job to choose on what to eat. Um, and so, um, and so that's kind of how we tackle it. That is a really great piece of advice because I feel like, I mean, I know from my experience with my kids, sometimes it's hard to come up with meals that everyone wants to eat. Right. And having that balanced meal too. Yeah. So, so it's interesting. So I don't do that. Um, at my house, like I don't, I make food and, and if they don't want to eat it, they don't eat it. And, you know, we have, we have everything we have in our house is approved. Um, so like, um, we don't have garbage, like, um, we don't have like, you know, we don't have cookies laying around. We don't have the kind of stuff that, that I had as a kid growing up. So let's say, you know, I talk to some parents and they say, well, first of all, let me back up. When I talk to parents and they tell me they're making their husband a separate plate of food and then their kids a separate plate of food and then them play a separate plate of food, I'm like flat out like you're just – you got to get your shit together (laughs) (laughs) because that's not how it should be. You know, it's hard enough to cook healthy food and it's hard enough to prepare real foods and actually cook. So, um, you know, for for me, if my kids don't want to eat the food, which happens on a regular basis – or, you know, they go through every person, human nature goes through stages of wanting to eat stuff. I mean, sometimes I love broccoli and sometimes I want pizza. And so, you know, I don't, I don't fret on it. We don't make it a big deal. That's, I think a big thing also is, is that around the table, um, we are very positive. The table's a safe place. The table's for us to have great conversations, to have fun, to engage with each other. We never bring up heavy conversations around the table. Um, and, um, and, and sometimes it's... It's a shit show and we just let it be a shit show and <laughs> and they don't eat it. They throw the food on the ground. They fight, whatever the scenario is. But my point is, is that if they don't eat their food and they want to snack later, then I let them snack whatever we have in there. They can eat whatever they want. Like, but I'm not making food for them all. Like I'm not their private chef, you know? And so yeah. like when, later on, if they're like, Oh, make me food. I'm like that you have the snacks. Cause we always make sure we have snacks. And so they can go get their own access to fresh snacks and they can get access to, um, you know, dried snacks if it's not, um, you know, um, some crackers or some a variety of things like nuts, things like that. And that's awesome that, you know, like you mentioned, everything's approved. So it's not like you're worried about them getting junk because it's not there. So whatever their snack is, it's going to be a good choice. Totally. And we do, you know, like, you know, we have a lot of like, I bring, we we eat a lot of dates and, you know, things like that. And that's kind of the, the, we have honey. That's kind of the high spectrum of as far as the sugar cone thing goes. But, you know, we bring in stuff like, and, but we bring it in in small amounts and we eat it and we just shuffle it through. 
But for example, when I was a kid growing up, my mom would have cabinets full of cookies and fig newtons and cereals. And so we had access to all of that where my kids just don't have that. Well, I think, yeah, you're doing an amazing job. So what is your meal planning process like? Um, so whenever I plan meals, um, so I think, I think that, you know, it, I think it's very important as a chef to um, shop with the seasons. If you think about it, um, if you follow the seasons, you're going to get a rotation of nutrients in your own diet and in your family's diet. So the best way to do that is just shop at the farmer's market. So, so for me, I go to the farmer's market every weekend. I have been going to the farmer's market literally for like 25 years, almost every single weekend. It is like, almost like my church, my religion. Mm -hmm. I love to go. I have tons of friends that are farmers. And because I, as a chef, I want flavor and I want high quality ingredients. That's the first thing I can do. And so I'm always gravitating to the farmers and making friends with them and connecting with them. I mean, one of my close, very close friend of mine is a chicken farmer and, 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 and I'm always looking um, for the highest quality um, um, ingredients. And so um, I recommend families go to the farmer's market. And so when you go to the farmer's market, obviously, especially in like Arizona right now, um, you're not going to buy all your groceries there. So what I look at as a farmer's market is like your bonus your bonus fruits and vegetables. And, um, and also I think going to the farmer's market and treating and, and teaching your kids to go to the farmer's market. You know, we go to the farmer's market, we see people, we connect with our community. There's a farmer, there's a family there. They, they know us, they follow us on Instagram and um, we post their stuff and they, they like pick special stuff for us. So when we show up, they like run and get special balance for us that they've saved and, you know, stuff like that, that is just relationship building. And so I love to do that with my kids and I love for them and they love going to the farmer's market as well. It's also a way for them to sometimes um, I, we, we try to find unique ingredients so then we can, it opens their eyes to new things. And that's another thing I do with them when we go to the grocery store. I'm like, let's find, pick something new that we've never used or we've never eaten. And let's bring it home. Let's see what we can do with it. Like a couple of weeks back, one of my sons picked a pack of tamarind. So we can be like, go back and start Googling. What is this? Okay. You know, it's super sour. They make drinks out of it. They make purees out of it. Oh, let's, let's play with this. And then it gets them exposed. And I will tell you, if you, if you get your kids involved in the shopping, especially if you have a garden and you get them involved in that process, coming home, preparing the food, they will always eat it. They will always eat it like 99% of the time. So as far as back going back to the shoot, the, the, the food preparation is, is that I go to the farmer's market once and I go to the grocery store once. Um, I go to the farmer's market on Saturday on Sunday, I go to the grocery store and I stock my refrigerator for the week. And so I I'm very intentional on what I buy because I think food waste is a big problem. Um, and it's really easy to do, especially when you're cooking for a bunch of family and you have all kinds of things thrown at you. So I, I try to be very intentional on when I know I'm going to be cooking at home, when I don't. Um, on Sundays, I tend to prepare a big meal and that meal, I, I call it cook once, eat three times. Um, so that meal I cook on Sundays, that's my favorite thing to do is cook with my family on Sunday afternoons. We make a huge meal. I pack stuff up. Now they, we kind of got like a meal prep. 
Um, and then mom has some things. So as, as things are going through the week and now she can pull things out and just warm them up. Um, and so that, that's kind of how I approach it. I, I, I shop on Saturday and Sundays or once, once, once or twice a week. And then, um, and then I, um, you know, I'm just very intentional what I'm buying and what I'm going to use it for. I really like that tip of the Sunday afternoon, a big meal. And then you have yeah different meals you can recreate or use leftovers. Um, that's wonderful. You know, you know, my, my wife, although, you know, she's a good assembler and she understands quality. Um, but you know, in some ways it's like my love language. If I can leave her with a refrigerator full of food, then it makes her feel fulfilled for the week. (laughs) Oh, I bet. Helps the relationship. (laughs) I like that. That's awesome. You guys have that all worked out. That is wonderful. So, um, are there, okay, so you have given us some really good information and I love your idea about going to farmer's markets and having the kids, um, you know, pick out some new foods to try. Are there any other tips that you have for exposing kids to some, to exotic foods or let's say they don't like it the first time. How do you do keep coming back with, with more opportunities? Yeah. So, um, so, so let's just, let's just say picky eaters. We'll just put them in a category. <laughs> um, so what, what, what I think about picky eaters is, um, you know, when I was a kid, I hated beans. And um, I, I, I remember when I was a kid, I hated uh, um, like pinto beans. And um, I remember actually having this dramatic scene when I had family over and friends and I like threw up everywhere and <laughs> I ran around. I still remember it as clear as a bell. It was like a total act. Um, and, you know, and then when I was 19 years old, I was living in San Francisco and I was on a date with an older woman and beans hit the table. Um, and so I was obligated to eat these beans and I actually ended up loving them. So I was in a different environment. And then over time I realized like, oh my God, I love beans. So my feeling with picky eaters is, is that it's, it's, it's a really simple concept and it's, it, this doesn't apply for every scenario, but for most of them, it's called exposure over time. You have to expose your kids to these foods over time. And when you expose them over and over and over again, I read a book one time and it told me that um, sometimes it's up to 20 exposures before your child might try it. So let's say you have a really picky kid. What I would recommend is you give them a plate of food of foods they already like, and then you add a new food onto it and you just keep doing that. And over time, then that, that that child will be hungry and will potentially try it. Um, another trick I've done is um, when my kids, I know they're out, they're burning calories, they're hungry, they're at the park, they're coming home, they're ready to eat. I serve, I hold back, I serve all the healthy food first. I put out the plate of broccoli and they don't realize that behind me, I got, you know, mm-hmm. the, the cinnamon toast with banana <laughs> and honey. <laughs> And, and so then they like, oh, this is what we're getting. And so, um, um, you know, as they get older and they get more vocal and they're, 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 there's more control, you know, sometimes that doesn't work as much. 
Um, but that's another thing that I've done in the past. And then they come in, they crush all the healthy food. And then I'm like, oh yeah, we got banana bread here <laughs> or, you know, so, so um, th those two things I think are a big thing is, is that you have to just keep trying. Um, let's see. I made, I used to do this too, is I, would make a plate of food for my kids and then I would add something new, like, like ancho, not anchovies, but sardines. And then I would just add things new and then they would be like, Oh, what is this? And then it would be like, Oh, dad's eating it. Okay. I'll try it. Or, and then sometimes they love it for a while and then sometimes they don't. And this kind of goes back into where you can't get discouraged on it yet. You gotta, you gotta just keep, keep trying. I, I think that's good. And then I think too, um, it's just like a good reminder for parents, like not to get frustrated. I think when they won't try that new food, maybe the first time, because I know I've gotten frustrated before. Um, you know, if you've like spent all this time making dinner and then they're like, yeah, no thanks. Um, <laughs> well, 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 one, one thing, and it's funny because this has happened to me. I'll tell you right now. Um, not too long ago, I like spent all this time making this beautiful meal and they didn't need any of it. None of it. All three of them. They were basically like, no, nah, we're not doing it, dude. And so that was a bummer because I was all excited for them and they weren't into it. Um, so, but, but this kind of goes back into, you know, the message for parents and what parents have to think about. You're going to be wasting food. You're going to be throwing food away. It's going to be challenging. And this is really hard. It's, it's, it, to, you know, to, to feed your kid the right foods and to get them off on the right foot and get them the right nutrients and the right amount of calories and all that stuff. It's, it's really challenging. And, but, you know, I think it's, I think it's super worth it. And I think that parents are going to have to learn some skills to be able to equip themselves so they can do it. Because I think right now, I mean, the way we are in America, I mean, we're, we have a lot of problems because of this. And so I'm trying to encourage parents to put more energy into it and to try harder and to get more organized, get more equipped. And so that they can have a healthier household because they, you know, we want our kids to be thriving. Definitely. And I think, you know, everything you're saying, it's the benefits are all worth it. You know, we want healthy kids and yeah. we want, you know, their long-term health benefits. Right. Um, you know, I know like my regular job, I work in the produce industry and one of my friends, he's always said, you know, why aren't we, pushing you know we're in the vegetable business why you know we have so many things against us like you're saying in advertising and you know fast food and all these things that are against us when we're like oh my gosh if people would just eat the right way they'd be healthier you know less you know other health risks and th things like that would decrease well th this goes back into why i'm at war Yes. You know, I'm at war because, because of that, I have to be at war because I have everything else going against me. And, and we do as parents, you're right. We have everything. We have uh, like the advertisements, the garbage, the pushing, the, you know, um, all kinds of stuff. So that, that, that's where I just decided to get real serious about it and be like, okay, when I'm in control, I'm going to be in super control. And once again, my kids have no clue. They don't even, <laughs> they don't, they, they have no clue. They, they, I think at times they realize that they eat different than other people. Um, I try to explain to them sometimes, like, for example, we have a market by our house 
and it's a corner store and we walked there a lot to get ice waters variety of things and when we first started going there they would always want candy and i would never let them have candy never um and i would explain to them yeah you know other people might eat them but we're not eating that we don't and the one of the reasons why i don't let them have candy there is because we go there frequently so places that are in our routine i will not allow but if we go to a kid's birthday party at a park and it's once in a while and they want to have cake i'm cool with it because it's not a regular routine and and so like if your kid has a swimming um a swim class and at the swim class there's an ice cream parlor and you, every time you go and you let them have ice cream every time he goes to swim class he's going to want ice cream so these are all the little the little things that i i just try to avoid and so once i explain to them hey we just don't have this every day other people might but this isn't what we do in our family then they're kind of like okay they don't always love it but they're like mm -hmm. all right and so we, I, saw, I taught them, you know, there they sell these little bottles of uh, Perrier. They call it, they call it spi uh, sp spiky water. <laughs> and so that's their treat. They have been trained that a Perrier is their treat. Oh, I love Soren. it. And they love, yeah, and they love it. And they're like, they feel like they're getting something, but they're not getting a bag of candy or chocolate or things like that. Oh, that great tips. Um, so when you, um, if you can just break it down for us, like what are like, when you make a meal, what does it consist of? Like, what do you make sure you have your protein, you have a veggie, like what do you encourage yeah. to include? Simple protein, carbohydrate, fat. I mean, this is the way I look at it. Look, literally you could, I have, I actually have done this. I make a list of all my proteins. I make a list of all my carbohydrates and I make a list of all the fats and then I just combine them. That's all I do. When I wake up in the morning, I'm like, okay, I need a protein, carbohydrate, fat, especially in the morning. In the morning, like, once again, it, it, everyone has. A, it, I'm not. I'm not trying to shame on cereal, but my kids don't get it. Um, we don't. We don't have it. And what I feel, there's a couple things, is that, you know, dairy, like, like especially in the winter, you know, cold dairy and and um, and 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 uh, processed carbohydrate is probably the worst thing for your kid. You to send your kid off to school, you know, in. So for me, with my kids, I want high protein. So I'm always, you know, serving. I mean, anything from beef liver to steak to sausage to bacon to some sort of meat kind of thing. We always have a fruit. Sometimes we have vegetables, um, eggs on a regular basis. Um, and so I try to focus on the high protein, high fat, um, in the morning for them. And then, um, and then I'm more flexible in the lunches. So this kind of goes back into something I learned when, when I was initially making lunches, I was trying to like make them rice bowls and things I knew they loved, but they wouldn't eat it. So I had to dig into it. And I realized that lunch in a school environment is a very social and the other kids are getting all of the lunchable stuff. <laughs> so they don't want to open up a container and it, it, the room smell like broccoli and stuff. It's embarrassing for them. So I start being, I'm more lenient on the lunch aspect um, where I might get them, um, you know, packaged um, like, you know, granola bars and things like that. I, I do a little bit more of that stuff. I make them sandwiches from time to time. And, and so I kind of more lenient like that because I want them to open up their lunch and to feel good about it and be part of the group. That's really interesting. Yeah. And then, and then dinner, same thing, you know. I mean, there's multiple meals. We have zero bread. 
We have zero. Like we we buy one or two loaves of bread a week, and that's it. And sometimes they eat a loaf of bread in one sitting. So because there's five, there's you know there's there's three of them. So we we that's kind of how I do it. I go to the farmers market. There's a there's a beautiful bakery there. We buy some of the bread from them, and um, you know and and then um, and then when it's gone, it's gone, and we just don't need it anymore. Um, you know, and then once a week, twice a week, we have a really high quality pancake mix that we use. Um, that's made with almond flour. It's not wheat based, so it's gluten free. And so I just, you know, just, just, just do things like that. I, I basically only have like five oh, breakfasts. Really yeah, I only have like five breakfasts I make, and I just rotate them. And I think that's really good. Like you don't have to have like parents don't have to have this, you know, crazy you know, menu options, right? It just keep it simple and put it on rotation. So, so, so every morning I make breakfast and I make their lunches at the same time. And my goal is to try to get it all done within 20 minutes. Oh, I like that. <laughs> so I, I just make it all at the same time. So I make breakfast, I go right into lunches and, um, and, and, and then, and so I, I just, I don't, I don't break it up. I don't make lunches at night. Um, you know, I make everything at one time and I'm in the kitchen. I'm already standing there. I'm already touching stuff. Things are already dirty. And so that's how I try to do it is, is I do their breakfast and lunch one shot the night before, before I go to bed, I take a peek, I get an idea. So when I wake up, I know what I'm making. It's another thing. I don't just walk in and be like, okay, what are we doing today? Um, and, and so I understand what I'm making and then I try to give them them for me in the morning. I try to give them like real full big meals that they can really leave the house feeling like they, that they, they, they've, they've, they've got some energy to burn. All right. That's really nice. So what are some resources for parents when it comes to, cause you have your kids in the kitchen so early helping you, which I absolutely love. What are some good starter like kitchen essential tools that you would recommend for parents to get? Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, um, simple stool and an apron. You know, if you make your if you if you make it fun and you um, um, if you make it fun for them and you get you know all kids like knives. They like fire. I mean, kitchens are like the perfect place for a kid and not, and, and not such a perfect place because it's dangerous, but you know, you got fire, you got knives, you got all kinds of stuff. So what I did with my kids is, is that one is I, at my house, I always put stools right up by where I cook. So while they're waiting for me to cook, they're watching me. They're watching me chop. They're watching me cook the food. They're watching me plate. Even when they're a little toddler and they're barely putting themselves up, they have one of those little clamp-on um, seats and they're seeing me. I'm passing them food. I'm letting them smell things. I'm always getting them involved in the food. And then when they get old enough, I get them a stool. I get them aprons. I get them their own knives. Like I started originally with um, – I found a guy who made a wood knife. Um, so I started with that. I didn't really do anything, but at least it got them holding a knife in their hand. And then, you know, online, you can find all kinds of plastic knives. Um, there's, you know, a variety of companies that are making kids knives. And so I'd get them their own knives and then um, get them a fun apron, um, getting their own cutting board. Um, you know, I, I got, we got their own wood spoons. And so when I'm cooking, they're like, oh yeah, let's, 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 let's jump in and let's help. So they're already, especially when they're young, when they're getting a little older, like my oldest right now, 
I have to hoax him a little bit more right now because he has other interests. He's one the Lego and, you know, other things. And so, but my youngest one, he sees me in the kitchen. He's like, I help you. I help <laughs> you. And he goes and gets all his stuff. And so, you know, just encouraging that and letting them do things. And sometimes it's a pain in the butt because I'm like trying to get a, a task done. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and so I'm trying, I'm like, I did, I'm trying to feed you guys. I got, I got other stuff to do. And, and, and then they want to, you know, all get into it and start cracking eggs and start making a mess. So, so I just encourage it like that. And then really what I do is on Sundays, I have like one day, Sunday's my day where I really embrace it. I take my time. We, we, we have a bunch of beautiful food from the market. We've gone grocery shopping, our refrigerator's packed and we can, you know, have fun and take our time. And that's when I really kind of cook with them and try to show them skills and, you know, and, and, and kind of approach it that way. And then that's great too, just to have some more bonding time, you know, without other distractions. That's awesome. 100%. I mean, there, there's so many things about one, you know, there's so many things about being in the kitchen with your kids that are amazing. I mean, you're teaching them skills that are lifelong. You're teaching them ways that they're, they're going to nourish yourself for the rest of their lives. They're going to understand like, oh my gosh, this is, you know, um, you know, just all a variety of, 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 of very important skills. And then once again, like that's the time that me and my kids bond the most. I mean, when we're in there cooking, having fun, and sometimes it's challenging. Sometimes they burn themselves. Sometimes they cut themselves. So all of that stuff happens, and and I let it, and 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 we just learn, and 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 you know, obviously, hopefully, it's not too devastating. So far, it hasn't been, <laughs> um, but um, you know, and and it's just, it's just to me, it's it's like one of the best things I can do with my kids right now. Oh, I think that is so great, and like you said, you know, it just long term how wonderful for these kids when they do leave home they're going to know how to cook anything i feel like your kids just from seeing them on instagram i feel like their cooking skills are way better than a lot of us <laughs> well another another thing that with parents and i try to encourage because you know it's 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 easy for me because i have 35 years of running restaurants and all this stuff but this is also a good way for parents to um improve their skills Definitely. You know, and, 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 and improve their skills and get in. And so it doesn't always have to be like, oh, I'm a chef, so I do this. But it could be like, hey, we're going to learn on this together. Let's try to bake this or let's try to make this dish or let's find something that we both like. Um, I'm constantly going to my kids and asking them what their perfect lunch is. And so I'm trying to hone in on what their wants were are versus what they I think they need as well. Oh, and I like it because then they have some input. And then, you know, more buy-in. I love that. To totally. I mean, recently had a conversation because school starting back and, um, you know, my, my oldest son, Arturo, and I'm like, Hey, if you, you have to have a fruit, you have to have vegetable every single day, and then you can have whatever else you want. If you have the fruit and vegetable, you're cool. I'll, I don't care whatever else you want. And so I'm trying to tell what are your, what vegetables, what are your ones? Let's get them in there. Let's get them. So where you can eat them. And he's explaining to me that he doesn't like cut up fruit because by the, by, by the lunchtime, it's like, you know, juicy everywhere. And he doesn't like that. I'm like, okay, should we do whole fruit? But basically, I'm just trying to figure out any way to get this stuff into their body. Yes. And that's so good, though. You're asking those questions and he's giving you great feedback. Yeah. Yeah. 
That is so great. So if you um, had to give us like one simple recipe that any of us could make, um, just like on a weeknight, what would that consist of? Well, there, there's, there's, there's two ways to approach it. I'll, I'll tell you two ways to think about it. What I always tell people is if you're new in the kitchen and you want to improve your kitchen skills, what I recommend is you start with something very simple like a roast chicken. And you pick a day of the week, let's say it's Sunday, and Sunday night is going to be your roast chicken night. And you focus on that roast chicken with your oven, where you're getting the chicken, some potatoes, some vegetables, and that is your meal. And work that roast chicken until you improve, until you get that roast chicken where everyone loves it and you think it's really delicious. And then you can move on to the next thing. Maybe now you can do a roast rack of pork or you can do um, a seared steak. So I think one problem when I see with people is, is they, they try to, you know, get the gourmet magazine recipe and it's super complicated. And then the next day they're trying to do some, make pasta from scratch and all these things like that. And so I would say, just start simple, start simple and prove, you know, my growing up, my mom made like six dishes, but she had them honed in. You know, she made grilled flank steak, you know, with tortillas. Like yeah. she just, she just honed them in over 30 years. And, and, and so I would start with that. I would just start simple and I would prove that. And, and then another approach to think about is let's say you're a family where you're eating a lot of processed foods, processed food, a lot of fast food, and you're trying to figure out how to incorporate more vegetables in your diet. This kind of goes back into like a very simple, I call it a steakhouse salad, you know, um, mixed greens, shaved carrots or grated carrots, some cherry tomatoes, um, you know, maybe a couple of radishes, some, some ranch dressing, maybe the, the carrots are cut into sticks and, um, you know, a steak. And so now you have steak and salad and make that one of your meals. And if you say, Hey guys, every Saturday night, we're having steak and steak salad. We're going to have our steakhouse salad, like a traditional salad. And we're going to have ranch and just start getting your family used to that. And, 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 you know, most kids will, will, will dip carrots in ranch, <laughs> <laughs> you know, and, 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 and then, and, and so, you know, you can just start with ways like that. And then Sometimes it's harder. There has to be more exposure. Um, and, and, um, but that's kind of how I would approach it if I was, um, you know, looking at it like that. Oh, that's very helpful. I think for a lot of us and I, um, yeah, I think that's wonderful. Cause I feel, you know, like for me, I feel like, you know, I have some skills, right. I can make some meals, but, um, I think I can make them healthier. You know what I mean? <laughs> I could. Yeah remove some things and replace, you know, some, some things with some better options. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, um, I also always tell people to buy the, buy the highest quality ingredients you can afford. If you buy really, if you go to the farmer's market right now, let's just say there's nothing better in Arizona. You, you being in Yuma right now, you're going to, you're going to know this and appreciate this. An Arizona melon, there is no better melon <laughs> in the entire world. Like it, it doesn't exist. Like I've been to the South of France. I've tried the, the, the melons from France. There's no better melon. And why part of why the melon's so good is because of the heat and the strain on the plant that just creates this incredible sugar content. So if you go and buy right now, beautiful melons in Arizona, and you know, maybe you get some basil, which is growing like crazy right now because of the heat and 
you make a melon salad with cold melon and some, you know, olive oil and some sweet balsamic vinegar and some salt and pepper and or watermelon salad with some goat cheese or feta or something like that. Um, and you, that's all you have and you, you make it really simple, but you're using beautiful ingredients. You're going to have an exceptional dish. As opposed to say right now, if you went and you started buying a bunch of root vegetables at the grocery store and, you know, they were flown in from Thailand and you're going to make this root vegetable soup and you're going to have probably a less, um, you know, um, exceptional dish. So I always try to people encourage people to learn and to try to find the highest quality ingredients and make simple stuff from that. It's also going to have more nutrients for you and taste better. I think that's wonderful. Fabulous. Fabulous. Um, I know that I'm excited to make dinner tonight. So I really appreciate all of everything that you've shared. And I'm excited to get my kids, um, you know, grocery shopping with me more often and just have their hands um, get a little dirty and, you know, just get more creative. Awesome. Yeah. Thank Thank you. And, and also, you know, it, um, it's important. So I, th- I encourage parents to, to strategize, plan, learn, and make it a big part of their life because, you know, our kids in the future and, uh, you know, we, we, we need them strong and healthy and, and, uh, we got a lot going against us right now. Yes. Well, I, if you don't mind, I would love to ask you some quick fire questions so we can learn a little bit more about you. Sure. Okay, here we go. It'll be painless, I promise. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so what is a meal that you enjoy making time and time again? Huh. I don't really make a lot of the same meals. I mean, I will tell you right now, I mean, steak and salad, ribeye and salad. I mean, it's probably, it's my go-to. Awesome. I love it. I love it. <laughs> All right. What? Okay, so I know that you cook at home a lot. But yeah. if you were to go out, um, what's a restaurant in Phoenix that you think that we should all check out? I mean, of course, Taco Cello. <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, I'll tell you right now. I mean, any of the Bianca restaurants I eat at on a regular basis. Um, I eat a Taco Cello. Um, I like Hillstone. There's some dishes over there that I like. Um, I like Gallo Blanco. Um, it's in my neighborhood. Um, you know, those, those are some of the, my kind of staple go-to restaurants. Um, I actually like flower child, um, especially for my kids. I can get takeout food from a whole family and feel pretty good about it. Yeah. All delicious options. Yeah. <laughs> uh, what is, um, a great family trip destination that you recommend? A great family trip destination. Really, you know, we, we, anywhere we go, we center around food. I mean, that is, a, it isn't always a family, a family favorite, but <laughs> um, wherever we go, I mean, we just took a trip to Tennessee and, you know, we tried all the foods there. We're Googling what are the tr- local food. My son got annoyed at me because he says, everywhere you go, you say, this is their, this is what they're known for. This <laughs> is theirs. And I'm, I'm trying to explain to him, I know we're trying to get a flavor of the culture and who they are and that 
and you can get that through food. So really anywhere you go, I mean, even going to Yuma, looking for the restaurants that might have a Southwestern flair or the traditional restaurants or restaurants that are, you know, in, in anywhere you go, you can kind of source out food. So I think that that's the amazing thing about traveling and, um, is finding farmers markets and, you know, cooking and just learning. So then when you travel with your family, then so you can go to those farmers markets and, you know, buy produce and all that kind of stuff. Do you usually then get an Airbnb versus a hotel so you can have a kitchen? We do a variety. So like we went to Tennessee recently, we stayed in a hotel part of the time. And then we traveled throughout the whole entire state. We went to the Smoky Mountains and then we would go to the farmer's markets and get, you know, get food and, and, uh, and we cooked and, you know, and it was, it was awesome. It was, it was, so we just do a variety of stuff. Oh, that's wonderful. Yeah. To have that mix. That's yeah. Cool. When we, when we were in Nashville and we we're in a big city, we want, we knew there was a lot of restaurants there we wanted to try. And then as we were traveling, we, we, we were, we were more in Airbnbs. Oh, very nice. Okay. So what is the best concert you've attended? The best concert. So it's very interesting. I'm not really a concert guy. So I would say the best concert I've ever been to was, uh, and, 1997 i went to an mtv concert in san francisco where they had four stages and it was the first time i saw rage against the machine and it blew my mind that would probably be my best but as i've gotten older i don't really like groups of people <laughs> yes no i i hear you no but that what a cool time to see oh rage uh <laughs> rage against machine red hot chili peppers i mean um the fujis like it was an amazing that was probably um when i think of my best concerts but i have not been a huge concert goer or music i i have spent uh, a lot of uh, people would be shocked but a lot of my adult life working <laughs> So like, and if you work in a kitchen in most restaurants, you're not getting nights off for concerts, especially if you're in a serious kitchen. Yes, so unfortunately yes, <laughs> I missed out on a lot of that, 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 a lot of that kind of stuff. And then by the time I had more flexibility, I, um, I was kind of over the, the people packed in a place thing. Yeah, no, I hear you. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So what is, what has been one of the best decisions you've made in your career? The best decision I've made in my career. Hmm, that's a nine. That's something I never even thought about. That I will tell you. I haven't made it yet, but I'll tell you my best decision. My best decision is to come out of the professional kitchen, which is what I've done right now, and 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 spend more time um, feeding my family instead of feeding other people. And 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 why it's been the best decision is because I know that over time it's gonna it's going to be more important to me than, uh, you know, the other, the, than, than cooking in a professional kitchen like I had in the past. That is wonderful. Well, I'm so happy that you've made those choices and I know it's going to be something that your kids will always remember is all this time with you. Awesome. Well, thank you. Well, thank you so much for being a guest and, I am going to put all the links um, on my website um, in the show notes so that people can follow you on Instagram and they can learn even more tips. Beautiful. Well, thank you so much.
I hope you're inspired to get in the kitchen and cook some delicious and healthy meals. Thank you so much for listening to the 35th episode of the Life in the Desert podcast. Don't forget to check out the show notes for links and more at www.lifeinthedesert.net forward slash podcast. Check back soon for another episode from the desert.